We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Ah, fuck me, man. Uh, okay, what's up, guys? Uh, Steve and Johnny here. We are the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Ramstalk Radio, uh, proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, Johnny, how you doing, man? We just watched uh, one of the ugliest Rams losses in recent memory uh, to the Tennessee Titans, a game that, you know, you could say not as ugly on paper as the Cardinals game was a few weeks ago but almost hurts more because of how winnable uh this game was and how self-inflicted the loss was yeah it's really hard to pinpoint exactly which area I'm more pissed off at but (laughs) let's put it this way the Rams didn't do themselves any favors in this game no, no, none. Uh, game just wrapped up. It's eleven forty out here on the East Coast Sunday night, so I'm a little cranky over here and tired. But we're gonna get through this show. I'm sure we're gonna be very pessimistic. Uh, before we get into the negatives, which I'm sure will be almost the duration of this podcast, let me let me just throw out there that the Titans are pretty fucking good. Uh, they are now seven and two, same record as us. And as ugly as this loss is, you know, it's you know, I, I saw on Twitter people comparing it to like ugly losses we had last year. I saw someone compare it to the Jet game, and it's like not even close to the same thing. Uh, we got out coached, outplayed, out just about everything to a really good team. So, well, this I, the sky is not totally falling. Um, just keep that in mind as. We get through this podcast, and as everyone just gets through the discourse of this just uh, monstrosity 
or that's not even the right word, just disgusting effort by the Los Angeles Rams in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the sky is falling post. I haven't really been on on Twitter, but uh, I could imagine. Well, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the things that like the reasons we lost this game, you know, the con- concerns we had about this team going into this game, I would say none of those were the reasons we lost this game. So if you're looking at it glass half full, it's like, well. You know, we gave up 14 points on turnovers. That's the game right there. Stafford doesn't throw those two picks. We probably win this game. If he doesn't throw one of those picks, we still might have won the game. Uh, That's what did us in. And, you know, that's a fixable thing. That's uncharacteristic for him. He's not going to be doing that every game. Um, So there's fixable. You know, you get called for all the penalties. That's also uncharacteristic. I don't have the same discipline concerns that I had six years ago when Jeff Fisher was the coach. I think they'll be able to clean up the penalties just fine. Uh, But the glass half empty approach, I would say, is we had all these concerns all season about the defense and the holes in the defense and how it could be exploited by teams like Tennessee that are really good. And ultimately, this loss was the opposite in that the defense played, dare I say, very good. And the game never felt like it was actually going to be won by us. And it, if you're looking at this glass half empty, this game might have opened up a whole other hornet's nest of concerns and flaws about this team. I, I don't know if if I'd go that far to where you'd be concerned about other aspects of, of the team just yet. Um I think that's something you kind of address if it's a continuous thing, but really, um, it was just it, it was just a, a game that you know nothing went right for the team, and uh, it it sucks when it happens, but it happens from time to time. I wouldn't read too much into the stuff that's out of the ordinary for the team. So things like like Steve mentioned, like the interceptions from Stafford. Um, I, you know, that this was a very flawed performance, obviously, from uh, Matthew Stafford. Definitely a game he'd like to forget. Uh, but also, you got to give credit to the Titans. Titans came to play. You know, they were the better team today. And that's just something that uh, the Rams have to adjust to. Um, and likewise, you know, things like penalties were killer, you know, Uh uh, a lot of these were avoidable. Not all of them, but a lot of them were. And, uh, you know, stupid boneheaded penalties are the ones that really get to everybody is because there, there's no logic in it. You know, things like uh, the taunting penalties, you know, you, you I, I know there's like kind of a mental... Uh, aspect of the game where you know you try and get in your head particularly guys like uh, Jalen Ramsey but that also has a a back you know back burn effect uh, that we saw today and um, you know things things like that can you know they may like seem like small things but they add up quite a bit and um, so like I said it it's not time to you know push the panic button it's not you know the sky's falling 
It's just the Rams have to be more conscientious about different things, uh, different aspects of their game. Um, and I think, you know, after hitting the hitting the film room, I think they'll be fine. Uh, you know, the, just got to give credit where it's due. The Titans played well. The Rams did not. And that's just the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, uh, more or less so. I mean, it's, it was a good game by the Titans, by a good team, and a bad game by us. By an otherwise good team. I mean, we're still seven and two, still in very, very likely to be in the playoffs. Still not out of the chase for the for the one seed just yet. And you know, if you've long time listener show, and we've talked about seeding in the past, losing to an out of conference opponent, are you know, if you're going to lose, which you know you prefer not to lose, but this is the best kind of game you can lose is to an out of conference opponent because it's not going to affect any tiebreakers for you in conference, whether it's in the division or in uh, seeding races for the wild card or for um, for the uh, the one seed or wherever we end up, depending on what happens with the Cardinals the rest of the way and us, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, we'll get, let's get in the box score. And I mean, you, we can start with penalties because you brought it up. Now, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know where I stand. I think our rights as a fan base to blame games on the officials has been revoked for quite a bit since an NFC championship a few years ago. There is a lot of complaints about the officiating and, you know, most of what I've seen out there from the fan base is not blaming the game on them, at least acknowledging that the officiating while bad was not the reason we lost the game. The the penalty breakdown in this game, the Titans had four penalties for 19 yards, and the Rams had 12 for 115, which is absolutely insane. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, and I maybe I'm just tired and missed some things. To me, the only really, like, downright egregious call against the Rams in this game was that Aaron Donald roughing the passer. I didn't really see anything that got called on us that was like a wild call. Besides that, am I, am I just forgetting a play? Uh, not too much. Uh, I I do think that it was more along the lines of things like spotting the ball and stuff like that. It was kind of weird, but like not to the point where you can sit there and complain about it and just say, "Well, we lost because of this." Uh, no. Just no. Um, but I will say that before I came on the podcast, I got flagged for roughing the passer. <laughs> it was funny, like the oboe one happened right after that Aaron Donald one. Because, I mean, he, tr- he tried to rip Tanhill's head off. And even if he was in motion when the ball got released, you're going to get called for that every time. Uh, yeah. That That's just the nature of the beast. They protect quarterbacks. That's a play where you're gonna you're gonna get that call. The Donald one was a little insane. You know, that was he, stupid. Yeah, he, he hit him with a little love tap. He was in motion. Tannehill didn't get rocked or anything. Ultimately, that ended the game. But listen, like if that's what you're gonna point to as why the Rams lost this game, and I don't think anyone is. Um, nope. <laughs> like we were done. The game was over. Even if we got the ball back, I had no faith we were winning the game at that point. And honestly, like. This game was so, like, you could feel the whole game felt off. And I feel like when the Titans scored that first touchdown and made it 7-3, to I was kind of, like, in my head, I was like, I don't think they win this game. 
and I never say that about this team because I really believe in this team basically every week. But you could tell they were not right in this game. I don't know what it was, uh, but this was a, just an uh, out of character, sloppy performance at home. Uh, after you make the big splash for Von Miller, you're playing in prime time. Just fucking crazy uh, how like pitiful this performance was. I I could be mistaken here, Steve, but does it seem like that the Rams struggle in prime time? I think we just I think the losses just feel like they stand out more. You know, we've had some big wins in prime time. You can't forget the the Chiefs the Chiefs game. Uh, a couple That's years true. ago, I would have to dig into that. But I mean, I remember going to the Bears Sunday night football game and they lost. Honestly, I think it's more Sunday night football than prime time. Yeah, they it, do it not like Gary Underwood. Yeah, they do not like Sunday night football. I don't know what it is. They the Rams just don't like Gary Underwood. That's all it is. Oh man. Well, if you're like Derek and you are lucky enough to be in attendance at tonight's game maybe you never want to go see the rams again but i promise you guys they're gonna be worth seeing they're gonna bounce back they're gonna win some more games and i personally want to go see them play again and if you're looking for tickets to go see this team play you gotta buy tickets on tick pick man tick pick c-i-c-k-p-i-c-k it's the original no fee ticket website it's the only place you're gonna need to go to to grab any nfl tickets you need because they got rid of all those god-awful service fees that other sites charge when you think you're buying a $60 ticket and you check out and it's $95. TickPick tells you exactly what the price are going to be, and they also guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, if you think you can find a better price, bring it to TickPick, and they will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So how do you do it? You head over to TickPick.com, and if you want to use our promo code, you go to TickPick.com slash RTR, use the promo code RTR again, and you're going to save $10 off your first pair of tickets using TickPick. And if you've already used our code, you're still going to get the great TickPick discounts uh, that they're offering. So as we all know, the Rams are still good this year, even though this week fucking sucked. And uh, I hope you use TickPick. I hope you get out the games. Hopefully it's SoFi. See our boys play and hopefully cheer them on to another victory. Uh, Let's get back to talking about this shit show. I mean, team stats beyond penalties. A lot of this stuff is basically done. The Rams won the time of possession battle. The Rams nearly had double the total yards at the Titans did, 347 to 194. That means nothing. The Rams ran almost 20 more plays than the Titans ran. That means nothing. They had more first downs. Good for them. Uh, 4.7 yards per play compared to 3.5 yards per play for the Titans. So you're probably sitting there. If for some reason you're listening to this podcast and didn't watch this game, which I mean, hats off to you if that's you. Like, thank you, thank you for rocking with us. Um, the reason they lost this game is because of the penalties we just mentioned. The Rams had two turnovers. The Titans had one. the The Titans scored 14 points off of turnovers. And I don't believe the Rams scored off of Jalen Ramsey's interception, did they? Oh, they got a field goal. So you could say 14-3 to was the turnover battle. Now, the difference is the Titans literally scored seven points off of one of the interceptions. They returned it for a touchdown. And the other one, they returned it to the one-yard line and scored on the next play. 
And, you know, looking at Matthew Stafford's box score, because, I mean, this is all tied to him, 31 for 48, 294 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, sacked five times, 71 passer rating. And, I mean, a lot of those yards and that touchdown came when Sean McVay very graciously kept his starters on the field for the last three minutes of the game because, you know, we had to score another touchdown to t- to when you're down 20 with two minutes left. You know, let's not get home healthy, man. Let's let's throw slants to Cooper Cup in the middle of the field uh, when everyone is there congested. Let's let's let a couple guys ring his bell before they get out of there because you know why would we why would we get out of this game that's already over healthy? You know, it's just a crazy thought. Uh, let's let the starters out there. We need this garbage time touchdown, man. On the other hand, Cooper Cup did get a thousand yards. In Good for him because of that. Yep. yep, he had a great game. Yeah, he did. We'll touch on him later. Uh, I just y'all know how I feel about playing the starters when the game is out of hand. There's no point. We need to be healthy going into January if we want to have a chance against February. Uh, but with Stafford, man, those two interceptions are you know to me that's the game right there. There were a lot of other things we did to lose this game, but if he doesn't throw either of those interceptions, and even if they take the two points off of the safety, if it got called that way, it might have not. I definitely think they win the game. Um, and if he throws only one of those, maybe we still win the game. I, I think it was close enough where we could have, and it would have affected some decisions the Rams had to make later in the game points-wise. The first the, the first interception was uh, – I mean, both of them were inexcusable. The first one, he's getting turned around and tackled into the end zone at the one-yard line, and he just throws the ball forward and not – you know. Like what's what he was he was in the pocket right? What's the best case scenario out of that? He gets called for grounding and still gets the safety. Uh, there was nobody near him. He threw it right to David Long, not our David Long, their David Long. Uh, like before we get to the second interception, like that was just fucking like. I but on Twitter, like imagine if Goff threw that interception and we hopped on this podcast and had to talk about it. That was maybe worse than anything he he threw while he was here. I think that was probably worse than the Seattle interception golf had last year. I mean, he literally just handed them the ball at the one-yard line instead of just taking the sack and, no, worst case, we lose two points. Well, it would be two points and a possession. Would you rather have that than seven? Uh, I don't know, man. That's Madden. That's That's Madden talk right there. (laughs) That's Madden talk. (laughs) I haven't played Madden in years, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a video game talk right there. You take you you give him the two points. And the way our defense played in this game, you know, I wouldn't even be the guy's concerned about them getting the ball back. Nah. Well it, it's like you said too earlier. You said that uh the defense played pretty well today, so yeah, maybe it would have been better to get the safety and then give them possession of the ball. So Daddy, this is not a maybe. It definitely would have been better. (laughs) (laughs) We gained them seven points. They got the ball to one yard line. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that interception is bad. And then the second one, he audibles out of a play, stares down Robert Woods the entire play, and then throws a look, what looked like a choreographed interception um, over to. Uh, Kevin Byard, who returns it for a touchdown. Byard made a 
great play on the pass, but a quarterback of Stafford's caliber and intellect, he should not be throwing that ball. You know, you could see Byron breaking on the ball. It was a tough window. There was no, it wasn't a high reward play. What a ten yard out route, uh, and the man grabs it and takes it to the house, and they never they never came back from it. That that that's the game to me right there. It was a tough day from Stafford overall. You know he he, he was banged up in the week. He didn't get as much practice as you probably hope. He still made a lot of good plays. Um, some of his guys let him down. I mean, Van Jefferson dropped a perfect deep ball that he threw up on a free play. But you, I mean, when you're playing good teams like this, you can't throw those interceptions. And neither of those passes need, needed to be thrown. Uh, and that that was a turning point in the game. To me, like, all the other mistakes we made in this game, as crazy as it sounds, we still could have won the game without these two interceptions. Yeah, it was it was certainly still a winnable game for much of the game. It was uh it, it's just one of those games where nothing went right and uh and uh and there's very you know, very little things to be optimistic about in this game. So, um yeah, as as weird as it sounds, there was still a large portion of this game where the Rams could have, you know, at least made the score a lot closer than it was, and uh, they failed to do so, you know. And it's something that the Rams are just going to have to work on in practice, and uh, hopefully they'll come back next week and, uh, you know, correct a lot of those mistakes because, man, there was quite a few. Yeah, I mean, turnovers were the chief reason. We lost a lot of games over the last two years I mean who's it was Miami last year where Goff just handed them like 28 points and they didn't even have to do anything to uh it's it's tough man it's kind of similar this game too yeah I would say the, the only difference is Tennessee is way better than Miami was yes. last year um <laughs> and I think Goff get, had four turnovers and not two which you know is, is a t- more of a testament to the, this roster and team too I mean they that Miami game was over in a heartbeat when we made those plays. Uh, this game, they stuck around, they fought, they lost, but, you know, it was nice to see them, you know, give us a little glimmer of hope in the fourth quarter, at least, when when it seemed like they might be able to come back. Um, we kind of glossed over this now, but Stafford was sacked five times in this game for 41 yards. An absolutely fucking atrocious game from the offensive line, who has been really good this year. Not a concern on the team at all, and then they drop this dud. Are are you concerned about our offensive line after this game, or do you think this is just going to be a one time out of character bad performance? That's tough. I mean, I think anytime your offensive line kind of you know extends this type of performance out, it's uh, it's not comforting. You know, uh, but, you know, seeing that only happen in one game and it's not as though the Rams haven't come across, you know, really tough, uh, you know, pass rushers. So I'm not going to say that it's a huge concern, but it's a concern. Um, At at the beginning of the game, I was kind of commenting to Steve 
that Brian Allen was having a terrible game. And as the game went on, it wasn't just Brian Allen. It was pretty much every offensive lineman. I, I, I don't think there's a single offensive lineman that didn't have a terrible performance at one moment or the other. And that, that includes, you know, big wit. So, um, they, they all, I would say all five of them were bad in this game. I think, I think Corbett's maybe the only one who I didn't explicitly see blow a play or anything, but, um, (laughs) I'm hesitant to give him a pass. Yeah, I would be too. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit concerned because it's not just, you know, I think it would have been better if it was only Brian Allen, but it wasn't. It was, uh, it was pretty much everyone. So that is a bit of a concern. You know, I, I'd be lying to you if I said that, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's something that the Rams are going to get over. It was a one bad game. Maybe if it was one or two linemen, sure. But the entire offensive line, that's a concern. Yeah, like I would say I'm definitely concerned after this, but I'm not like I'm still optimistic about the offensive line given what we saw the previous eight games before this. But like you said, it is concerning because they were all bad. I mean, David Edwards and Rob Havenstein, two guys who are typically good, especially Havenstein, were awful. Uh, I mean, David Edwards literally got pushed back all the way into Stafford and basically sacked him himself. Uh, and and they all, I felt like they all got called for penalties. They all missed blocks. They all missed assignments. And I mean, what could be a little concerning to me too is even though these are all good players, you know, I think Havens is a good player. I think Edwards is a good player. Um, Allen, I, I mean, I think he's good now, but... I'm not a hundred percent certain on it. These guys aren't necessarily world beater talents. You know, Whitworth is the only one who's really a pro bowl elite level talent. And he's not that anymore. He was three years ago. He's still really good. Still probably the best guy in this unit, but certainly not perfect anymore. So, so it is, it, it, it's a little concerning to me and to McVay's credit, they came out in the second half. They they schemed around the offensive line. Uh, they ran a lot of play action. They got Stafford out of the pocket. It helped. It didn't push us over the way we wanted it to. We but we certainly were a lot sharper and more productive in the second half than the first half as you with the adjustments. So I mean, credit to McVay there. But at the same time, we this is the same shit we had to do in 2019 where we had to scheme around the offensive line because they were bad, and it fucking derailed our season. And you could argue it derailed Jared Goff's career trajectory because a lot of it is on him. But that offensive line unit just not cutting it, you know, really, I think, set him back in a big way. Now, I don't think this group is as even close to as bad as that 2019 group was. But, Johnny, I'm pretty sure everybody who played on the offensive line in this game was also a part of that unit in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, in some form of capacity or another. Yeah, and they're, uh, not, a... they're not the same players anymore, obviously. Allen is definitely no. a lot better. Edwards is better. Corbett is better. But Whitworth is worse. 
technically speaking, <laughs> Whitworth was uh, injured for most of that season. Was he? 2019? I thought that was last year. Havenstein got hurt. And Allen got hurt. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Havenstein got hurt, and he was fucking horrible in the games he played. And thank God that wasn't a permanent thing. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget. I actually wanted him traded. I'm kind of glad that uh, they stuck with him. Yeah, he was rough. I mean, I would say this is his worst game since that season. But I am not at Havenstein reverting to 2019 form panic level at all. No. Don't get it twisted. It, it, it's just one game for Havenstein, you know. It, I, I think we should backtrack a, a little bit if we're <clears throat> worried he's going to, you know, revert to the his 2019 form. Uh, I, I Again, if it's something that he, uh, he was doing, you know, consistently for, you know, what is it, the past eight, nine games now, uh, I, I think he'll be fine. Nine games, which is nuts. I can't believe we're over halfway through the season. Dude, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> like, how, how is that possible? Oh, man, dude. It is, uh, shit's fine by it, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, yeah, look, continue to go through the box score for Tennessee on the passing side, Ryan Tannehill, 19 for 27, 143 yards, one touchdown, one interception, sacked three times. <laughs> and when you look at the rushing stats for Tennessee, Don Foreman had five carries for 29 yards. A, a guy who I think we know isn't good. Shouldn't be putting up those numbers, but not a big deal. Maybe he is going to end up being good. Uh, he honestly looked good in this game, but history tells us he's not. AP hopped up off the couch, 10 carries for 21 yards to the touchdown at age 36. Jeremy McNichols, who I apparently wasted a waiver claim on in fantasy, seven carries for 24 yards. This team threw for 125 yards and ran for 69 yards, and the game was never in doubt. So that's terrifying. Um, that, is, that is not how these things should go. Uh, hopefully this is the last game we have that box score discrepancy. For us on the on the ground in this game, Daryl Henderson had 11 carries for 55 yards. And they kind of moved away from him a little too quickly, I think. Part of that was game flow. Part of that was warranted. But uh, 
he was running great in this game, and I feel like they should have given him a little more work. Um, though, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they ran a well, lot. Of... To be fair on that aspect, uh, Daryl Henderson was kind of going in and out with injuries. Right. He, 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 I think that was the major factor. And Sony Michelle, while he did all right, I guess was not the answer either. The the counter that they called for Sony Michelle was the worst running play I've seen them run it. I think in six years. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a counter, and he got the ball. Like it felt like Michelle got handed the ball, like and wasn't moving yet. Like he got the ball on a counter, um, and like wasn't moved. Like he, so he was just starting to run, and and he got nowhere. I think he lost a couple yards on it. Other than that, yeah. he was fine. But it was I just, just the Madden glitch. That's all. <laughs> like that play stood out to me. I was like, that play was a fucking joke. Like what a hor, what a horrible play. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, receiving for the Rams in this game, Robert Woods. Seven catches for 98 yards on 10 targets. Solid game from him. Cooper Cup, as always, 11 catches for 95 yards on 13 targets. As you said, went over 1,000 yards in nine games, which is fucking crazy. The all-time single-season receiving record is within his reach, especially considering he has an extra game to do it. If the Rams week 18, we're still weird saying it out loud matchup uh matters which it seems like it's going to he, he might get there man he, he, i th- i think he's gonna cross 1800 yards and we'll see how high above that mark he gets man i, I kind of hope so man that, that would be awesome i don't know if he will get there i feel like if i had to bet today i would bet he ends up with like 1850 to be about a hundred yards short of Calvin Johnson's record, but man, he's gonna. They are not going to stop feeding him the ball. Um, felt like they made an effort to get Van Jefferson more involved in this game. He had three catches for forty-one yards on seven targets. Dropped a deep ball that was a in the pocket throw by Matthew Stafford. That he's got to come down with that, especially if he's going to be our deep threat. That was a tough play for him. They also called a goal line fade to him, which I feel like was very silly, but fine game from him besides that. And then Tyler Higby, five catches for 51 yards on 10 targets, and he was very close to having a touchdown that got overturned. Um, he stepped out in the back of the end zone before he caught the ball. Now, if you're wondering why that matters, because he caught the ball inbounds in the NFL you can't step out of bounds and then come back into play and catch a pass. So, I mean, I felt like that was the correct call to overturn it. I don't know how you felt. It was tough because it was hard to see if he was on the line, but to me it looked like he stepped out just a little bit. And, I mean, the that's that's the rule uh, that he, he couldn't score. That one, the only reason why I – thought it was kind of weird was because it was so difficult to tell if he had stepped out or not it wasn't like a a definite yes or a definite no so in my opinion I would have not overturned it simply because it wasn't conclusive enough but like I'm not gonna 
you know, be jumping up and down saying that was a bullshit call or anything because he could have very well been out of bounds. It's just, it's a little difficult, at least in my opinion, to tell if he was out. So if, if you were to argue it at all, that would, that should be your argument. Not that he was definitely in bounds because you don't know that. Right. Yeah. I think it, um, it was a little surprising because they called the touchdown on the field, right? That they would they would overturn it. Like I don't know if we had the but to me to me it felt like it should have been overturned. I, I it sucked. That was a pivotal moment in the game. And I, I I mean, did you think it was the right call to kick the field goal after that play? I personally did. Yeah, it, it was the right call just because you know, especially the way the Rams goal line mm-hmm. offense has been operating recently. It, it you know, I, I feel like if the Rams had Cam Akers, I'd say definitely go for it. But um, since they don't, I, I, it was the right call, in my opinion, to go for it on uh, for a field goal. And for those of you that say that it wasn't the right call because they, you know, they ended up losing, hindsight. I don't think it would have. Affected the game. Uh, I don't think really. so either. Yeah, they they wouldn't have. They still wouldn't have gotten close enough. Maybe maybe it would have changed how the game was played. But I think it was the right call. Um, receiving for the Titans in this game, AJ Brown had five catches for forty two yards on eleven targets. Julio Jones had four catches for thirty five yards on four targets. Nobody else really had a big impact. I mean, that's pretty good, right? I mean, they did a decent job on them. I would say. Um, like, cause we're gonna we're about to get into the defense. The only real like giant blunder I I remembered in this game was the entire fucking defense bit on that Tannehill bootleg. Not a single person thought he would run the bootleg there. And Derrick Henry is not the guy in that backfield anymore. I don't know how the whole defense bites on that. I mean. If I was in the game, I probably would have been on it because I'm not good at football, but an NFL defense with a with an NFL coaches, I mean, one of the 11 guys out there should probably be prepared for the possibility that it's going to be a bootleg. It, to be fair, you know, Tannehill isn't exactly known for, you know, running these kinds of plays. I mean, he's not Peyton Manning. He played receiver in college. I guess, but it's not something you typically see him do. Yeah, I I think it was just a brilliantly called play. And, uh, yeah, the Rams should have probably had at least one player out there to observe him, maybe to... uh, uh, consider the bootleg possibility because it certainly was a possibility. Um, but yeah, it, it it's not great to see your your entire defense, you know, bite on a bootleg play like that. Right. I, hindsight is crystal clear. Obviously, um, defensively as a whole, I mean, I I felt like this was as unencouraging of a game it was in literally almost every aspect, it was kind of, to me, a an encouraging performance by the defense. 
they had every reason to quit in this game, given what the offense was giving them, and they held held it down. I mean, they gave up really besides the garbage time drive after the the wind was sucked out of their sails with the Aaron Donald roughing the passer call. They gave up really just seven points in the game defensively. Um, before, even even if you count that 14, which against the Titans is, is fine. It's, it's a good-ass football team. If, if your defense gives up 14 points, you should be able to win the game. I think it, it, it's obviously a little different than that Derrick Henry, but I felt good about the defense and better than I had in the past. And knowing that Von Miller is on the way, uh, at least there, I feel pretty good. They still miss some tackles. There's still some blown coverage. Some of the, the the recurring mistakes were there in a way. But overall, uh, if you want to take away one big positive from this, it's that the defense feels like they're getting it together. And with Von Miller stepping in next week and with Darius Williams back this week, you you got to feel a little more confident about this defense. If the offense played remotely well, this is a win against a very good Titans team. Yeah, I mean, on top of all of this, you know, 28 points seems like an awful lot of points for the, um, for the you know, defense to surrender. But really, it wasn't the defense that surrendered that many points. I mean... They they allowed some points, don't get me wrong, but, you know, there was obviously Stafford's pick six, and then there was um, there was another interception there. So, like, they were kind of gifts to, uh, to, to the Titans' offense. So you can't really take a look at the score and blame the defense there. And, uh, you know... <laughs> If there was a game ball to be given to a, a losing team here, uh, I guess you would have to give that to Jalen Ramsey, uh, boneheaded penalties and all. But uh, uh, you know, this was a guy out there that obviously, you know, shut down the the Titans' offense quite a bit, um, and you know that's pretty impressive considering they have uh, you know still so, still some pretty good receivers out there. And he still continues to impress all over the field. So, yeah. Um, and then kudos to the uh, defensive front as well. You know, Tannehill didn't have a good time out there. He, I mean, it, it, he may have gotten the win and all, but, man, he was uh, he was beaten up just like Stafford was. Yeah, I feel good about the defense. This is a big test for them. Um, and you would think, usually when they answer the call in a matchup like this for the game, but alas, that has not happened. Yeah. Ramsey played great. Um, I, I mean, what you, what you think of the, the personal foul they called after the interception he got, he, he was out of bounds. He, he shoved AJ Brown while he was getting up. He clearly shoved him. Uh, whether you think he did it on purpose or not, is up to you to me. It felt like he definitely did it on purpose, and it was probably the right call. Even even though after the play, like I guess he went over there and like tried to help and pick up him up, but I think that was just him realizing that he was going to get flagged for it. So the thing is, um, I, I think I understood why he did it because he felt like he was 
you know, tackled um, out of bounds, which doesn't give him the right to do that because as any, pretty much any high school coach will tell you, um, the, the flag will be thrown on the person that retaliates. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. He retaliated, you know, he tried to cover his tracks, like Steve said, and, uh, well, he, (laughs) he got penalized for it. So yeah, he absolutely deserved that penalty. Um, it was, it was very stupid. And as a leader, he should know better, but I mean, I guess we can forgive him for having such a hell of a game. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, if you're, if you're committing a turnover, 15 yards is not, not the end of the world. Uh, he had a great game. Leonard Floyd, another good game from him. Five tackles, three solo, and a sack. Aaron Donald was Aaron Donald in this one. Four tackles, two solos. He had a sack and a tackle for loss. Jordan Fuller led the way with seven tackles. Uh, Craig Gaines and Oboe split a sack. First game without Sebastian Joseph Day, who is going to be most likely, I think, out for the season, right? With uh, He just yeah. had surgery. Got placed in the IR. I thought the Robinson-Gaines combo played well. I I think this is one. Robinson was second on the team with six tackles. Usually you don't notice him out there, and depending on how you look at it, that's because he's doing his job or that's because he's not doing anything. Uh, But he was noticeable making a lot of plays in this game. I would say this is the most encouraging performance I've seen from Robinson in his two years here. And it definitely made me feel pretty solid about the fate of the defensive line without uh, Sebastian Day back there. Obviously, I probably still would have felt fine if it wasn't great because Vaughn's coming in. But uh, those those dudes were solid. Everyone up front, I think, I think was really solid. For sure. And Sebastian Joseph Day is going to be missed. I don't think people realize how much that hurts mm-hmm. uh, because – Quite frankly, he was having probably the best year of his career, um, which is saying a lot because he, this is a guy that's been progressively getting better each year. So uh, I wish him a speedy recovery because uh, the Rams could certainly use him. And, and I think it hurts him even more because uh, this is a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. It is, yeah. So, so, so not exactly how you want to you know, finish up a contract year because more than likely this will probably be the last we see of him for this year. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a bummer, man. I'm going to miss him. Hopefully we can get him back in the offseason, but we'll have to see. Any other standouts defensively or non-standouts you want to call out in this game? Uh, I do want to call out Dante Deona as well. (laughs) You know, so much fun, man. He dude is is uh is a little delight to see, and uh, I'm real proud of how he's kind of stepped up and become that player, especially considering he didn't start off. Um, you know, nobody was really thinking he was gonna have much of a role uh, or even be active, even. So uh, the fact that he's battled his way to playing time. Uh, that's that's amazing, and and you know he made some pretty good plays here and there. You know he wasn't perfect, obviously. He let you know few plays happen, but um, 
there was quite a few plays where he really stood out and uh that that's I mean as much as you can possibly ask for a guy like Dayon. Dude, he's been solid. I I think he's um I hope he kind of cracks the rotation as the the third cornerback. I I think I rely on him more than I would rely on Rochelle right now and certainly over David Long. I uh, not not really even a debate. <laughs> no, I <laughs> David Long has been ridiculously disappointing. And I think really the only reason why he has a roster spot is because the Rams are so thin at, at defensive back. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't have shocked me if they Cody sense about him uh, after, after oh, God, a couple of games. Oh, God, that's a name I'd like to forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, overall, solid day for the defense. I, I give them literally 0% of the blame for this loss. We got we got to talk about special teams because this is butting heads. Uh, first of all, shout out to Matt Gay, money on a fifty-four yard field goal. That was awesome to see. Solid game from him. I want to know, Johnny. So we've obviously been talking about the returner debacles at length here. I want to know in this game. So punt return wise, Cooper Cup was back for I think how many how many times did they punt? Four times. They punted five times. I feel like Cooper Cup was back there for the first four. And then J.J. Koski was back there for the fifth one and had a seven-yard return. Probably the best return of the year for Rams punt (laughs) returners. Uh, The ball bounced, and he actually made a smart play to run up, grab it, and get a couple yards, which nobody fielding punts for us has made smart plays. I just want to know, like, what prompted them to putting Koski in for that situation? This was a deep punt. Uh, they say they play Cooper Cup on the quote-unquote safe punts or the ones that they need a safe catch on. What like what justifies the difference between him being out there versus J.J. Koski? Like, how is Koski the guy out there on that punt, which is probably the tightest punt of the game? Uh, they just randomly trot him out in the fourth quarter. Like, okay, buddy, now it's your turn. Uh, we're just going to let Cooper Cup make these horrible returns for absolutely no fucking reason on the other plays. You know, I, I wish I had an answer for you, man. I, <laughs> I, I wish I had an answer for you last year. I, I simply don't understand why you're jeopardizing quite possibly your best player. Uh, at least offensively, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I, it, it's not as though Cooper Cup is even killing it out there. You know, it'd be one thing if Cooper Cup was like making these spectacular, you know, returns, but the guy is not. I mean, he, he's a very talented receiver, but he is not a gifted returner, and that's fine. You don't you don't need him for that purpose. He's one of the best receivers today. He's probably the best receiver in the NFL at least this season, and he's arguably the worst punt returner in the NFL. Like what I I will just never understand what the reward of him returning punts is that justifies the risk of him just unnecessarily playing on punt return when he plays 100% of the offensive snaps, more or less, and is gets 
leads the team in targets, leads the team in yards. He's our best offensive player. If he gets injured on a fucking punt return, man, we're all going to fucking lose it. And, yeah, you're right. Like, if he was Tyreek Hill back there, every time he catches the ball, he's a threat to score. Yeah. Yeah. Use your weapons as best you can. This is poor use of a weapon. Um, like, like I don't I don't even understand it, man. I, I will never understand it. It's like I, I don't even know what the comparison is. It's like if um if you have a really nice steak knife that you use, you know, when when you're cutting some prime cuts, some prime beef, and for whatever reason uh your axe isn't that nice, so you start using the knife to chop wood. Uh, because you know, it's your nice, it's the nicest knife you have. You might as well use it for fucking everything. Even if it's going to take you four hours to chop this block of wood. Well, uh, this is butting heads where we compare players to sodas and now steak knives. (laughs) I wish I had a better analogy prepared for that one. I'll think of one. (laughs) No, but the, the point is very valid. I I just, it's very mind-blowing it's confusing how cooper cup is still returning punts there's literally no explanation and no good explanation as to why cooper cup continues to return these punts and yeah i'll be livid if something happens to cooper cup on a punt return it's it's just the unit beyond kicking is unbelievable even Beyond returning in this game, Johnny Hecker, I think it was the first drive, absolutely fucking beautiful punt, lands on, like, the three-yard line and bounces straight into the air, straight up, and the Rams let it become a touchback. They can't They can't get their hands in the ball in time. Skoranek made a good effort, but it's just, like, another thing. It's, like, this unit cannot do anything fucking right whatsoever beyond kicking and punting. And granted, those are the two most important parts of the unit is kicking and punting. But it's just it just seems so silly how poor they are at every other aspect of special teams. On a very different side note here, AJ Brown just called out uh, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> what did he say? He says, and and uh, I quote. I'm not taking no shit. He has my number if he wants to see me. <laughs> wow. That that's uh wow. I'm here for it, man. I'm absolutely here for it. In the off season, can we have a Jalen Ramsey versus AJ Brown in the octagon? I'm all for it. AJ Brown's or, a big or in a boy, boxing man. Ring. He said, I'm out there to play football, not trying to fight anybody. I'm a man first. <laughs> Some dirty stuff after the play. He has my number if he wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I know Jalen Ramsey is uh, the type of player that gets in your head. That's kind of what he he's mastered throughout his career. And uh, I don't I don't know if anything he did was particularly dirty. Of course, we don't always see what happens out there. So maybe it was on a play 
that we just simply didn't see. But if he's referring to when he bumped into him, it's like, r- relax, bro. It, it was, it was, uh, it was unnecessary, and yeah, he deserves to be called out on it, maybe. But if you're, <laughs> if you're talking about like calling him out like this, it's like, dude, relax. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Ramsey just said something he didn't like during that little post-play kerfuffle. More than likely, I I wouldn't put it past Ramsey. (laughs) You you got any uh, final thoughts on this game before we never talk about it again? Uh, just uh, hope that the Rams um, really watch a lot of this tape because. I want them to sit and see what they put the fans through. Okay, that's a little extreme. No, but uh, I, I do, I do hope that they um, they learn and adjust because uh, schedule doesn't get any easier from here. So, yeah, yeah. Speaking of petty feuds, we're on the road in San Francisco Monday night next week. Uh, so I'm sure we're going to be hearing from our boy Debo Samuel all week. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Who's Aaron Donald? <laughs> I fucking love Debo, man. I hate to say it, he's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, but he's been luck- doing wonders for my fantasy team. He's he's a monster. Um, and luckily for us, the 49ers have lost five of their last six. Their only wins against the Bears. They just got their ass whooped by Colt McCoy this week. Um, That's brutal. Yeah, I know it's a rivalry game. I know the Niners are tough. We we should not lose. And at least this year, we have two losses. We have won all the games we should have against teams that we clearly should have beaten. Are we a better team than the Titans? I think so. But they are at least a really good team. They are a much better team than San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, at least the two losses that the Rams have were against quality teams. Yep. It's not the Jets. <laughs> we got a... Uh... Yeah, 49ers, and then we're in the bye. Look at that. Um, <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, it is past midnight here. I don't want to talk about this game anymore, so I'm going to go to bed. We will talk to you guys next week probably. We'll be away for a while. Um, but hit us up on Twitter, at Subaru, at Johnny5.6, and at TalkRams. And we will talk to you guys soon, hopefully come back and the Rams are 8-2 and we all feel a lot better tell Sean Payton keep talking that we gonna see him soon you feel me